Welcome to Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real. My name is Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who participate in Share Your Stories Dawn Online. Today, I'd like to introduce you to Elaine Uzoski, who is a author, a speaker, and a coach. Elaine joins us from Guelph, and she's gonna share with us today how her son's video gaming addiction led her to a niche audience. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Trish. You know, Elaine, first of all, I need to congratulate you on sharing what must have been a very personal and painful experience to go through with your son. Um, I know that you do it because you're helping others sort of navigate similar experiences. So give us a few highlights as to perhaps even how you found out that your son was having this type of uh, an issue because he was in university, right? Yeah, he was in uh, first uh, semester of second year uh, at Guelph, actually. And uh, we were actually living in Caledon at that time. And I did suspect something was not right. I asked many questions. Of course, I got the typical answers. School's hard. I don't have time for showering or eating or, you know, when I noticed you know, an odor from him and, and I noticed that he was losing some weight. And uh, then eventually uh, the university caught up with him because he had stopped attending classes. He literally was gaming 16 hours a night until he would pass out, sleep all day and start the process all over again. Eventually he completely gave up grooming and was eating very little. Uh, and so the university said, it's been two months, you're not even registered as a student, you cannot live in residence and gave him uh, three days for the locks to be changed. So at that time, he wasn't seeing this as a video gaming addiction. He just knew he needed a place to live and he had to come clean and tell us that he wasn't attending school. So he sent an email. And I started putting the pieces together after that and started recognizing the signs of addiction. Wow. So how long did it actually take for the, um, you know, the registration of the fact with him that he'd had this uh, this issue and then in order for him to turn the corner to obviously be in a thriving environment now well i initially detoxed him from the gaming uh and you know added exercise and got some weight back on him he was six foot two and had dropped to 127 pounds he's wow. in pretty bad shape he was emotionally yeah. a mess so he i got him to some counseling uh, eight weeks later, he returned to second semester. Uh, we learned that first year he had lost three credits because of the gaming in first year. So he went back to get those uh, three credits again so he wouldn't fall behind two years. And um, he denied it was an addiction for quite some time and had several relapses, but he realized that he did need to detox while he was in school as much as he could because he realized it was getting in the way of what he wanted. He wanted the degree. So it was a process of two and a half more years before he finally had his aha moment and said, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm addicted and I need to stop. So now as a mom, how did you transition from um, obviously being very connected with your son's situation and now becoming such an international speaker on the topic of video gaming addiction? Well, just prior to me getting that email, I was about to write a book about the transition between parenting your child and parenting your adult child. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I decided to include that 
in the story because not only was I parenting my first adult child who was four years older, but now I had a 19-year-old with an addiction. And what are my rights? And what do I do as a parent when it's an adult? So I just included it. Now, at the end of the story, there's no resolution. He's still in denial. We're still struggling through it. Uh, but someone read the book who was doing, um, uh, who was hiring speakers for uh, MindFest, the U of T's annual mental health uh, forum, and said, hey, no one's talking about this yet, and we would really love you to come and speak. Would you come and share your story? So they asked for you know an hour with PowerPoint, and I was pretty green at the time, so I'd do a lot of research for the next couple months. Uh, and so I spoke there, and there was uh, someone from uh, CAMH, the Center for Mental Health in Toronto in the audience, and someone from the Catholic School Board, and they approached me afterwards and asked if I would start speaking. So... <laughs> You did. So I did. Right. <laughs> I so, had no idea it was going to lead to this. So now you've been on some like pretty heavyweight uh, TV channels um, speaking about this particular topic. And congratulations to you for that. Um, so for our viewing and listening audience, tell us a little bit about how this international accreditation as being not only a thought leader, but an influencer on the topic has came about. Well, I connected with a gentleman named Cam Adair, who uh, has, has founded GameQuitters.com. It's a large website forum uh, for uh, gamers, and he has a support system for parents. So uh, there's been a lot of promotion uh, through his site um, about gaming uh, and the addiction. And um, I started, because I wanted to continue selling my first book, uh, decided that I would take the route of... of uh, promoting it as a video gaming addiction book rather than the the transition book that it was. Uh, and so spent a lot of time on social media and um, manifested to the world that I, I wanted it to uh, be on media, on TV and newspaper. And <laughs> uh, here luck you are. Would have it, it happened. Yeah. I wrote lots so of blogs, you know, did lots of posts on LinkedIn um, just to keep my name top of mind. Uh, yeah. So in terms of, um, you know, transitioning and turning the corner now and being able to share your story on so many different platforms, has, it, has the way in which you decided to frame the story changed at all? Because um, I know when you participated in our guest blog, which was, uh, you know, a little while ago, um, I, there's been a number of wonderful positive things that have happened to you um, in terms of getting that media attention. So how do you frame the story? So if someone has a, a really interesting story, can you give them any tips on how they may be able to frame it so that uh, media outlets will be interested in hearing more? Well, I think first, if you have a success story, it helps because yeah. people want hope. Uh, they want to know they're not alone as well. So uh, I, I approach it from that aspect that I don't want any other parent to feel the isolation and loneliness that I felt because you know, we're talking back in 2014 where there wasn't a lot of support and really none of my friends had even heard of video gaming addiction. Uh, so I really uh, approach it from a, I want to I want to be there as a support person so that you don't feel like you're alone and I'll travel this journey with you. Um, and uh, yeah, just inspire people to not give up on their kids to keep going that, uh, it, sure. you know, we get so focused on the problem, which is the addiction, that we forget that there's a person behind that addiction. And so right. in my big approach is to uh, 
you know, use compassion and try to find out what it is that your your child is hungering for that they're not getting in life that they're looking for in gaming. You know, tell us a little bit about how you manifested this journey, because I think, you know, we all hear about visualization and journaling and, you know, taking all of those positive steps towards creating the life that that we want to share. How how do you feel that manifesting has actually given you that opportunity to the trajectory for success? I would go back to even before I wrote the book, I was uh, sitting in a network event and they put us through a visualization exercise and asked us to close our eyes and see ourselves in the next five years. What did we see? And I closed my eyes and I saw myself standing on a TEDx stage talking and opened my eyes quickly thinking, what was that? Wow. Yeah, because I was in holistic health at that point. (laughs) I wasn't even thinking about getting up and speaking. Uh, And so, yeah, I just continued to visualize myself uh, speaking and then uh, getting on television, getting into newspapers. And I haven't uh, I haven't stopped that uh, that goal. So do you, is visualization part of your daily routine? Do you visualize or meditate at specific times of the day in order to continue with that strong message? I journal at night. And so it's usually part of that process. I've been journaling since 1989. So I haven't stopped that. And yeah, in the mornings when I get up, that's when I do my little visuals. Yeah, for sure. Those are really powerful tools that I think, you know, Mm -hmm. why is it that whenever we hear folks saying, you know, things like journaling and visualization and meditation, that we always sit back and go, okay, well, I can do that too. So how come I'm not, you know, is is it the discipline? I call it the three Ds, the drive, determination and discipline to succeed. Do you think that that is sort of part of the framework for the success formula? Yeah, I would assume determination has a lot to do with it. Uh, <laughs> you know, you yeah, get some no's sure. along the way and you have to look past those. Yeah, um, yeah I don't, <laughs> it's just always been a part of my life to just decide yeah. this is what I want and put it out there. I mean, I kept saying, I don't have time to write a book. I don't have time to write a book. Uh, and my house flooded and we had to live in a hotel for six months. So I couldn't see my holistic clients because my clinic was in my home. And so I went, well, thank you. I'll take this time then. I guess I am supposed to write this book. Uh, So I took the six months in that hotel to write book number one. And then I was asked to write the second book. And I said the same thing. I don't have time. And then two months later, uh, we were hit with COVID. (laughs) So So you've done that again. So I have to be careful the way I frame it, (laughs) because I really didn't want a flood. And I didn't really want a pandemic. But I wanted to to write. You know, what's really wonderful is that you took something that, you know, most of us would see as a challenge, and you turned it into an opportunity. So you said, you know, talk about framing something in a positive light. So congratulations to you for being, you know, having that that foresight to say, okay, Clearly, this is a message. What am I going to do with with the opportunity? So that's really amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I just trust. I just trust that that's where I'm supposed to go. So where do you see yourself in the next three to five years? Because I mean, this journey has been pretty fast and furious since 2014. So what what does Elaine see as the outcome or the next sort of turn in your journey? Well, I haven't done the TEDx talk yet. Uh-huh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's on it. Uh, I Yeah, I'm happy to do more um, television, more um, 
news media, uh, sure. continue my coaching, um, yes. possibly write a sec a third book, uh, but probably with someone instead of on my own. Right. Uh, I had to do a, an appendices with this last one. It was a nightmare. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this alone again. Yeah, just no. continue growing the business. I do. Well, my, my biggest goal right now, though, is that I've partnered with Intenta Clinical Training for Gaming Disorder. And uh, the goal is to get many more therapists trained uh, and have much more awareness because Canada is way behind in that area. So we need more training and, and we need uh, more understanding of the addiction. Well, I certainly, um, you know, accredit you for having the determination to see an opportunity, seize the opportunity, and also that give back, because really what you're doing is trying to help other people turn the corner and make a change in their own life. So congratulations to you for making all of those sort of positive changes that are helping other folks. Thank you. One of the things that we do in the guest blog is we ask everyone to share three words of advice. So your three words are understanding, communication, and perseverance. So tell us a little bit about why you felt those three words were important for you and your journey. Well, first of all, I, I knew my son did not want to be six foot two and 127 pounds locked in a door room gaming all night and not pursuing his his future. Passion, uh, yeah. So I knew that there was some underlying issue to the addiction. And so I had to be very understanding and approach it with a lot of compassion. Um, what was the second one? I've forgotten. Communication. <laughs> communication. Well, and thus we had to communicate about it. Um, and we had to communicate in a very meaningful way. You know, yeah. I chose not to be angry. I chose to really try to, uh, show as much compassion for the struggle that uh, he was managing uh, and use also the communication to keep him accountable uh, because, you know, he needed a recovery plan and still does. He's been oh, three and a half years uh, completely detox now, I'm happy to say. Um, and my third one was perseverance, of course, because he was in such denial. I just had to continue rolling up my sleeves and pushing through. I, at one point had said to him, you know, you can hate me for the rest of your life, but I'm going to save you from yourself because he wasn't at a point then when he would accept that it was a problem and he really did need the support and help. Well, I'm sure that uh, anyone who's listening to our discussion today is going to find some strength in being able to pursue their own journey because you've done such a wonderful job of not only manifesting the success, but doing it with a lot of empathy and a lot of heart for um, you know, those other folks who are going through similar experiences. So I thank you for that. And I certainly wish you continued success on, on your journey. Thank you so much, Trish. For those of you who have joined us for this edition of Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real, I'd like to thank you so much as we've introduced you to the person behind the logo. And if you have a story to share, we invite you to visit their website, shareyourstories.online. Thank you very much, Elaine, for giving us a little bit of insight into your journey. And as I mentioned, I certainly wish you continued success. Thanks, Trish. <laughs>